What's up, humans? Welcome to The Human Music Podcast. I'm Luke Rain. My co-hosts are Tesco and Rip Kinney, and we are all music producers, artists, and producer coaches. This show is where we discuss all things music production and interview amazing creatives about their origins, their process, and whatever else comes up. This week is episode 112, Music Artists People Love to Hate. How do you feel about the Chainsmokers? How about Nickelback? What about Macklemore, Creed, Marshmallow, T-Pain, Skrillex? Why do so many people get mad at these artists? Is it because they're inescapable? Is it because they break expectations? Or maybe they changed the game and people weren't ready? Whatever the reason, there are some artists that people love to hate and hate to love. The song of the week is Sam Shoemaker, Grimy Gospel, produced by yours truly with some dope guitars from the homie Igami. You can get the links to that down below or find it in our Human Music Podcast Song of the Week Spotify playlist. Link to that as well, along with links to support our sponsors like Dojo TV. That's free producer live stream classes from the Dojo Senseis, of which we are all Dojo Senseis. And uh, it's free. You can get in the Discord with us, ask questions on our live versions of the podcast, and there's a bunch of other dope free classes as well. Also, Tesco's Patreon. You can get uh, access to his Discord, tri- track feedback, and private lessons. Woo! And the weekly download, where you can learn from Ill Gates, our mentor, and his private weekly group lessons, and get access to over 250 more episodes in the archive for just 20 bucks a month. And guest practices from the Approach Institute. Your first class is free over there. It's a great way to learn how to engineer, and uh, it costs a whole lot less than audio engineering school, I'll tell you what. You can go to thehumanmusicpodcast.com to uh, find out more information about us. But let's get on into this episode. Hello, people of Earth. This is Tesco with Rip Kenny and Trap Jesus, and you're listening to the uh, Human Music Podcast. Woo! Hmm. Human Music Podcast. I like it. What's up, human? Sheesh. Hello, people. Welcome back to the Human Music Podcast. 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 And this week, we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about the artists that people love to hate. And hate to love. Both of those things can be true. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! So, I mean, what brought this up is we got a comment on our YouTube from a video we did the hottest of minutes ago, our reaction to 100 Gex. Um, And uh, somebody had a comment about, uh, imagine thinking we have a good perspective on music, but also thinking the chain smokers are good. And I'm just going to come out and say it. I'm going to put my reputation on the line and say the chain smokers are I just, good producers. We just you talked me. about you this. You me. can't say that. I can. I did. You, I am. I'll say it again. Evan's the Chainsmokers so are good it. producers. Facts. They're dope. Uh, dude, of course. Of course they are. Uh, but like I say true shit, bro. It's I'm I'm telling you that the fact of life here is that if you say the chain smokers are fucking great and you raise their flag and run around chain smokers people are gonna think you have shit taste and i can't explain why necessarily i mean maybe i have some ideas but i'm just saying it's it's a bit uh like it's like and for better or worse people just don't respect your taste at that point and is it because they think that you like mainstream garbage and you haven't delved deep enough to be the heady kid that they are. And so you're not as cool. I don't know, but it's, it is a fact. If you think the chain smokers are your favorite band, most people aren't going to respect your taste. I don't know why though. I don't know. I think you got to be less shameful <laughs> about it. It's like, if you're curious, if your pits stank in public, you just you do one of those and you just own it. Amen. You know what I'm saying? Like a true However you're feeling, we all do that. Everybody just hides it low key. So it's like 
everybody bumps the chain smokers low key. Dude, you know, I, everybody's singing closer in the shower. You just gotta, you just gotta own it. Maybe not nowadays because it's kind of dated, but you know, you know that shit just slaps certain shit. It's just universal, even if we don't talk about it. You know, God, but I think I, I'm on the same page with you. I'm just, just afraid to tell the truth. No, no, it's not. I'm not. No, 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 no. That's it's, this is exactly the opposite. I'm just telling you the facts that like people are going to say that if you say you love the chain smokers and like for better, like I said, for better or worse, just people it's, saying shit. just is what it is. I don't abide by musical taste bullies. Yeah. Fuck the music police. Musical this episode's not bullies. for you. Interesting. Yeah, fuck the music police. Interesting. So I have a follow-up question for you. <laughs> yeah. Do you like Nickelback? Man, they got some jams. Like is a strong word. I, I've seen them live, but I was paid to be there. You were paid to be at a Nickelback show? I mean, it I makes was, sense. I was vending. Who, who is selling, paid to be there? selling glow concert. sticks? And I would tell you something. You were selling glow sticks at a Nickelback show? Yeah, it was a bumper shoot way back in the day when I was in high school. This is worth an episode in and of itself. It was also the night of my very first mushroom trip ever. So I guess I was out of high school. But yeah, shouts out to my boy, Sean, who just got married the other week. Woo! Woo! Great wedding. I was the best man. No big deal. But uh, he got me this job slinging balloons and t-shirts and glow sticks at Seattle festivals, which was sweet. They didn't pay anything, but it got me in for free. And I was able to sneak a lot of homies in using my employee wristband. So, you know, lots of goodness there. Worth and, it. Um, you know, one of my duties was roaming around through the crowd during the big old festival main stage performances in Memorial Stadium. And uh, some nights were better than others for glow stick sales. And I'll tell you what. As a glow stick salesman, Nickelback was one of the best sales nights ever. Because <laughs> Nickelback fans are drunk enough to spend money on plastic that lasts a few minutes. That is so stupid and also so funny at the same time. Like, I don't know if that actually fits Nickelback, but like in my head, that actually makes so much sense. Like, so much sense, right? And then I'll tell you what the worst, absolute worst sales night was. Tipper. I, I don't know that Tipper ever made it to Bumbershoot. If Tipper makes know, it to Bumbershoot, just, I'm buying tickets. I'm just thinking but the opposite of Nickelback. it was Modest Mouse. Yeah, that makes sense. They, everybody, all the fans were there enjoying the concert while laying down on the ground. Yeah. It was like maybe like a few hundred people right at the front who were standing up. Everywhere else, people were just laying on the ground. And we're like, nah, we don't have money for things. Yeah, like I assume, I assume Modest Mouse, like the fans of Modest Mouse, like the diehards are like the as mainstream equivalent as you can get as like, I'm assuming everyone here has seen South Park, like the vampire kids, the goth kids. Oh, yeah. That just sit, stand outside and like smoke cigarettes and like shuffle their feet. Like they're they're a bit off the deep end as far as like someone that would go to a Modest Mouse show. But like that's. That's as close as you're going to get fan base wise. Yeah. They're, those kids aren't buying glow sticks is what I'm saying. No, hell no. Nah. But that no. Nickelback show, that shit was epic. <laughs> it was the, the fans were rowdy. They were so happy. Some of them tipped me. Uh, a couple ladies flashed me for free glow sticks. Nickelback. So I got to see boobies. Yeah. So like, Nickelback. I don't know. I got, well, I've never been like a big like Nickelback fan. I never bought an album or paid for You're anything. You're a boobies fan, but I'm a fan of boobies. Hooray for boobies! In fact, mm. shouts out to the Bloodhound Gang and their their epic album, whose CD looked like a boobie. That's clever. I don't I don't know them, but you and don't me, know Bloodhound baby, Gang ain't nothing but mammals. So let's so do it like they do on the Discovery yeah. Channel. Uh, totally. Um, okay, that I'm on board. I didn't yeah, I know, know, right? Hooray for are, boobies. Are they like a one-hit one? Do they have other music? They had Foxtrot Uniform Charlie Kilo. Original. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, the lap dance is better when the stripper is crying. That was them. I don't know if that was a I don't hit, know that was a song title album and it was fun. Yeah. It's a song title. As actual song title. <laughs> they also did like a di- like a Stan, Eminem Stan type song. 
uh, where he was like writing letters to a porn star that wouldn't write okay. him back. And he just okay. really wanted to bang this porn star. Perfect. Yeah. That's a seems on brand for them after the first song that everyone in the world has heard from them. I mean, Hey, um, sex sells. It's a saying for a reason. True. Which, well, I was going to say like, why, why, like, why do people hate Nickelback? It's the same conversations. Like, why do people hate the chain smokers now? Because I, I don't want to make a giant leap and, and say the chain smokers are the Nickelback of EDM because they're, they're really not. They're really not. Let's yeah. level here and say they're not. You'd probably have the guy that wrote the comment on the YouTube video probably would say that. Yeah, maybe. But they're, they're really not. But like, why? why do people hate certain mainstream artists? And I mean, this is a topic worth discussing, right? Like I got a theory on this. Go, go. So like if they weren't huge, they Mm. wouldn't be worth hating because there's not enough exposure to them to make you actually mad. Mm -hmm. If like, if somebody out there really dislikes my music right now, they're not hearing it everywhere. They would have to go find it on purpose and then sit there mad while it kept playing and they had control over that play button. So it just doesn't happen, right? Whereas when somebody gets really big doing something that maybe you don't like as much or you you feel like some other band deserves that spot more or some bullshit, maybe you're an angry, frustrated musician and you think your little brand of whatever kind of music should be in the spotlight but this bullshit fuck this bullshit now i'm mad plus i can't go anywhere without hearing it all the fucking time and it's pop music mad people get mad about pop music but mad people as in a lot of people and people that are just angry to begin with some people are just mad and having pop music there is just a good way to like get your anger out at something that you can't do anything about and you just hate and you know, this shit's everywhere. You you go to the restaurant, they're playing it. You go to the bar, they're playing it. You go to the ball game, they're playing fucking Nickelback everywhere. They're playing Chainsmokers everywhere because they got really good at doing a specific thing that millions of people love. So they got played everywhere so that the other millions of people that were forced to listen to that shit just sat and stewed in it and write angry things on the internet. Yeah, I stand by that theory. Yeah, I do too. I I have like a slight addition to that. It's basically the fact that like you, if you if you start making a genre, Nickelback started out making I don't know what you would call it in the early days, rock, just standard alternative rock. Yeah. It and and you progress into packaging what you were doing in a pop format, you're basically like trying to make radio hits. Like any of your original fans are just going to start to hate you because they think you're a sellout. Um, and I think that this might be the musical thread between Nickelback and Chainsmokers. Like for instance, like the first song I heard from the Chainsmokers was in like 2010 and it was like a really original sounding remix of some indie rock song I'd never heard of. And it had this really cool like pluck lead thing. And it was like progressive house. And it was really quite enjoyable. I forget what the, the song is. I wish I'd, I wish I remembered. But um, it was it was not it was not derivative, like pop leaning stuff. And I think that as they grew and started to make m- like more accessible stuff. And then like the selfie thing happened. Then I, I think, I think most people assumed that that song, which for them was like a funny joke, like uh, everyone that knows them, that was their introduction to the chain smokers are like, Oh my God, you, you, you you showed up and you got on TV and then you pulled your pants down for attention. It's just like, it's like, so like people think it's really cheap. Like, let me take a selfie. Like, like the people assume that they're just like trying to do that to get famous. And when people smell that, like they get a whiff of like, you're being disingenuine to try and become famous or make money. Then that's like, 
that triggers hate response in a lot of people. Um, just like I feel like with Nickelback, that song that's like. We all just want to be big rock stars, and there's like the fake, the fake god voice in it. So tell me what you want. I think every, I feel like that song was kind of the turning point for when people were like, "Really, you're gonna do that?" Like, and they're totally hypocritical in that song too. They're like talking about like we all want to be big rock stars, live in hilltop houses, and get drugs for free, and like have sex with all these models and stuff, but it's so hard. And like, but like, really? Like, come on. It just, it just seemed disingenuine. And I think that that's probably why people eventually hate uh, an act like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. It makes sense. I'm also realizing that uh, Creed songs and Nickelback songs mushed together in my head, and I can't tell who's singing them. A lot of stuff. Same demographic. And yeah, and Creed back. is another one of those bands that people just started hating on, super mm-hmm. deep. Right as, as as once they got big, like people were like oh, these guys are amazing, and then as soon as they were everywhere, it's like I hate these guys more than anything in the entire world. Yeah, and and then like the movie Ted came out. And they did that bit where he was like singing in like all vowels, like, (laughs) and like that, like singing like that just like completely blasted them. Then everyone just like, because that is kind of what the vocal tone is for that. And before someone made fun of it, you didn't realize it was funny or just like, oh, yeah, that's like a, that's like a thing, and I, this actually fits pretty good. I, I like this, and then as soon as like it becomes funny to make fun of it and like popular to make fun of it, then it's like you're either on the side that has taste and thinks it's funny because that's not cool anymore, or you still like it and you're not in on the joke, and I don't respect your taste anymore because you're obviously you don't. It's like this. It's the same thing, right? Yeah, totally. So what what are some artists that y'all like? Cause I'm sure I could keep going on my list of artists I think are still that people hate on. But what what are some artists y'all like? Oh, I got some I got some in the cut. Okay, so we're so we're 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 thinking of artists that we like that most people hate. Yeah. That- or do you guys just have that type of music sense where you're always on mm. the on the right side of the mob I, rule? I don't yes, know, but that and. <laughs> Did you have one, Evan? Well, I have. <laughs> um, we were also talking before the show. Um, for me, basically everything circles back to Nero, right? We all know this. We listen to this show. Amen. We know this. We should just have a Nero um, button. We, we, we need a soundboard with, with like, the, like to the Nero segment. Something. Yeah, like something. The like, every episode Nero segment. Yeah. But this is this is actually really relevant to this discussion. So Nero, after their 2015 album, like basically took a break. Joe and Dan were doing different shit. Um, Dan broke off with Elena because they're married and made this new project called like Into the Night or, or not something like that. I don't know. It's very unmemorable. And the music was like very pop leaning. And I remember stumbling across it. I hadn't even heard it like on Spotify or anything, but I remember stumbling across it on Instagram. I was like, what the fuck is this? And uh, I realized it was, it was Dan from Nero and Elena and the comments on everything they posted were so incredibly harsh like i can't believe you're doing this like you were my favorite artist you're nero you're god tier and then you drop this piece of shit like what is wrong with you they were like flaming him and i'm like holy fuck like this guy is and even those people will admit like a god amongst men musically and still still gets that gets that response when he makes something that's not the expected musical output right and and they like straight up nero nero released a remix of some 
song that that Joe did with Anjuna Deep, and it was like kind of like an African trap style thing, and it like it still sounded like Nero, but it was very like trap with like at you know very like un Nero y arrangement or like composition and people fucking shredded them for that too. And it's not like the song was bad, but it was like trap leaning. And so people were just like, what the fuck are you guys doing? And like hating on them. Like, and I think that's the same thing, right? It's like people come to expect a certain thing and like put you on a pedestal for being the arbiter of this thing. Like you are the God of thing X. And when I see your name come across anything on the internet, like they just did a new song. You're like, yes, I get more of the thing that I love. And then you listen to it and it's not the thing you love. And it's arguably not incredible in the thing that it's trying to do then you're just like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you just get mad. And so, yeah, that's yeah, relevant to this discussion. First off, funny story. I've never been that big a fan of Nero. I like, get it. They're, they're cool. I respect them, but also just like doesn't grab me. Yeah. No, you I mean, like, I made some songs to me and I went and downloaded them and I like, I still have never played them out because it's just like don't quite fit you, my days. I was going to say, they don't, they, it's not really stuff you would DJ. I, that that, but that's I've the thing, out. though. It's like it's a very they're the arbiter of that thing. Like mm-hmm. you, 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 not everyone likes that thing. Yeah. But they, the, like, they do what they do better than anyone, obviously. Yeah. And that's yeah. So it's like when you don't make that, then it's yeah. Hard. But I, I really like what you said about expectations because that's what yeah. I think it really is. It's like when artists set up expectations for a fan base who gets like rabid about that thing. And then that expectation is broken. People get mad case in point getter. When oh getter, my God. That, album that, that poor was like guy. More like LS dream than oh. the angry ass. Like I wear a black shirt and I have black hair and I, and I showed up to get drunk and headbang dubstep. Like, Man, yeah, I felt really bad for him, especially because that was my favorite Ketter album. <laughs> Dude, it's it's yeah, actually a great awesome. album. Like, fuck. Yeah. Fuck. Because he didn't, like, essentially continue, like, the thread of kind of, like, joking around and making, like, really heavy dubstep. Like, you can't accept the fact that he made some real music here. Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. I do think... I do feel like when I saw that, I was like, man, like speaking of LS Dream, you know, if Brills had just stayed Brills and then switched up the type of music, people would have been like, what? True. But since he was like, okay, the Brills project is on hold and this is LS Dream and it sounds different. Like, oh, you know, some of the crop came over and followed. Like, I like this too. And some people were probably like, nah, I'm good. And a whole bunch of new fans were like, fuck yes, me included, because I didn't really listen to Brills at all. But I faxed with some LS Dream. That's my shit. Yeah, I think it really just depends on having that awareness of your brand and kind of what you've set up. Like, if you make music for adrenaline junkies, then you don't want to come up with the R&B project, you know, as as your follow-up to your aggressive metal project that you just dropped. So... You know, I feel like there's kind of two worlds where it's like you'll have the more underground experimental world and you'll have the more pop culture accessible world. And they're kind of like water and oil and there will be individual people that Mm. that are involved in both. But on a mass scale, you kind of have to decide as an artist where you want to be within that, whether you want to be within a more niche community or whether you want to be within pop culture. And the trade-off is going to be that if you're in the more niche community, you can get away with more. You can express yourself a little more loudly in unique ways, but don't you dare do something remotely predictable or accessible or understandable because fuck you. <laughs> we don't like those people over there. Whereas fuck the pop sheep. culture stuff, 
I used to kind of be like that and like look down on like accessible music and stuff. Not even look down on so much like some people do, but I definitely didn't appreciate it as much as I do. And now I come to realize like, you know, just because you're take you're taking something advanced and displaying it simply doesn't take away from from what it is you know there's there's a reason why maximalism and 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 minimalism are are styles and you can see a very simply architected house and appreciate that for what it is but like your taste might just be castles and shit so it really comes down to you to kind of find you know your your place within that just be aware of like if you're in this world Maybe you can bring a little from from over here, but you're not going to be able to do 50-50. It's going to be more like 90-10 or like maybe 80-20 if you're like Sophie doing pop music, but like aggressive sound design or if you're like Charlie XCX or, you know, Skrillex, for example, he he's within those two worlds. But when mm-hmm. I say Skrillex, you don't think of pop even though he's worked with Justin Bieber, you still think of him as primarily an electronic artist. So, so uh, Skrillex is actually to hate that guy for a hot minute there. And I think that's where you're going no, with this. And pe- people still do. People still do. I feel like though that Skrillex is a good example of an artist that became more mainstream, both in his like musical output and like broad appeal. But I, I still will say to anyone that I love Skrillex. Like Amen, I, I, I don't have any problem. I don't know saying anybody that. that doesn't know. Well, there's there. I feel like I feel they're like less vocal before, about it now. At least the people who really, because I feel like he's really like earned his earned his stripes in in the sense that he's done the accessible tracks. He's he's tapped into the Latin American market he's done the electronic stuff but not only that even when he was doing that it's like he did the dubstep thing all right cool now pivot now i'm doing the trap thing for a bit okay now pivot now he's doing all these house bangers and mid-tempo and even within the electronic world he was constantly switching it up so i feel like that kind of gave him the credibility and also working with diplo like mm. that uh, project they did together. Jack U was, was fucking incredible. Crazy. That's I think seven that was a huge old. part. Yeah. But yeah, like, man. Let's, I think that's a huge part why why they start doing the more pop accessible things. Let's like, let's dissect this a little bit though, because yeah. because he, it's it's not like he 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 did still commit what most people would say is the cardinal sin of starting very one style. And then not but change he, names. Oh yeah, because all, within all his early music, stuff, like was I said, screechy car alarm dubstep for the first like five, six, seven years that he was popular. But That's as soon as he got the recognizability it. for it, he pivoted to something else. Like once the dubstep thing took off and he made a name and he was known for that, then he switched. Then he did the track with ASAP Rocky and Rick Ross and all the more trap kind of stuff. And then he pivoted out of that. So I feel like even within electronic music, there was that period where people really hated him. But a couple years after that, he did the project with Diplo, all that stuff. He started getting a lot more respect, I found, within circles. I guess my my point is why, why why don't more people still hate him for that? Because he didn't go back. He doesn't make hard dubstep anymore really like like he 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 Um, basically yeah it would 100 percent. but he basically did the same thing that everyone else does start branching out work with popular artists make different stuff to me the reason that i feel like he has still maintained respect with basically the majority of people that liked him before is because if you still like if you listen to a record that Squillex has touched, you still know, like like the way that like his side chain and his drums hit, like like there's there's a there's an aesthetic to his production that is like noticeable in in whatever he makes, and I think that that has potentially helped bridge the gap. Like for instance, like. Even even like the house stuff that he does, like the drums still like 
hit you in the chest. Yeah, bro. So like some of the loudest, cleanest hard. mixes I've ever heard in my life. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think because he's maintained that thread, like it's hard to it's hard to say he's like sold out because he's still being undeniably him through all of that. It's not try it's not disingenuine. Yeah. So it's, here's something it's still genuine. Here's something I think about. Like when were people really hating on him the most? I don't think it was when Jack U came out. I think no, it was like, it was like scary monsters era. The, exactly, right? 2011, 2012, people were hating him. And why? Because dubstep was something else before then. Dubstep was fucking dark music. It wasn't bright and screechy. It was wobbly and wide open. It was simple and trippy. It wasn't aggressive. It was like this, like, you know, the Jamaican roots and then the British thing, and it got electronic, but it was still dub music when it came down to it. And people loved that shit. And then Skrillex came and was like, yeah, but I'm doing it hella different. People were like calling it bro step derisively. And then it got called bro step just like, cause that's what it was. And I remember, I remember talking to some dubstep fans about that shit, like back then. And they're like, oh, I fucking hate Skrillex. Cause now all these stupid fucking frat bros are out here at the dubstep shows and they ruined the scene. So it wasn't even about Skrillex. It was about who showed up after Skrillex to I, the to the concerts for these particular people. I guess what like I feel like that that is actually like a completely separate discussion. Like the people that hate him for that, like the the, the fact that people could hate you for like multiple reasons means you're so widely popular. It's not even fucking funny. Mm-hmm. But that is like its own thing. Like the fact that he created an offshoot of dubstep that is americanized and loud and screechy like it it definitely is one reason people hated them in that era but that was more about the fact that people it's like rock music when it first like became it's like fucking elvis like people thought he was the devil like it's the same it's the same thing um but just like modernized i think what what i was referring to in like the like the the style shift contextually is about the time of like recess that album is when he started not doing dubstep and i remember a lot of people feeling like but i thought he made hard dubstep like i'm a little disappointed but no one was no one was mad and i right, still even exactly. even to this day like there like i listened to a bunch of new Skrillex stuff the other day because I hadn't caught up with what he was making. I don't, I don't like a, a, a good portion of it. There is stuff that I do like, but I'm, I'm still not mad at him. Yeah, and, that, and that's. I think he just like I think he outlasted the hate. Yeah. yeah, because like he got that really big like surge of hate, and people were mad at him, and then the entire scene just changed around him, partly because of him. And the people he inspired and the people that were coming up with him that were all doing crazy different shit. And then all these other stages started springing up and other styles. And it's like, well, the fucking festival culture blew up worldwide. And like all of a sudden it's just like a new thing that everybody's invited to as opposed to this little like, like you said, Tesco, like that little like side genre over here that if you do anything accessible, fuck you, that's pop. We hate you. Whereas mm-hmm. he just kind of went like, nah, I make pop idiom. Like, yes, yes, I'm going to pair with Justin Bieber multiple times and it's going to work. Yeah. Like, fuck you. I, I don't care. And then eventually people were just like, uh, okay. The and, genius. Sorry. No, go for it. Um, Yeah. The genius about him too is he's he really has a song for everybody in that kind of field. Like when it was just the dubstep stuff, when he was getting the most hate, it was like he was appealing to a very specific group and then everybody else is not into that. They hate it. And then as he started branching out more, it's like, all right, here's something that the house people can get into. And then here's a more melodic song. And then here's 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 this for this group of people. Here's a more vibey track. Here's a harder kind of track. And the way he kind of spread himself out, it's like, almost impossible to hate him and i think that kind of compounded and changed the general opinion of him just because you know when if it's just a group of dubstep kids and they're talking about skrillex and the house people are like ugh, 
uh and and the uh the uh dnb people are like oh we don't like that shit then it's like there's more groups than not that don't like him and 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 the overall vibe is we don't fuck with him but if it given that he has a song for everybody when i say oh i love skrillex and the whole room agrees they're all thinking of a different song in that moment and they're Bang like, oh, rang. I love him because uh. Fisher played fucking chicken soup and I lost my shit. And then the next person's like, oh, I was tripping balls when somebody dropped a remix of Scary Monsters and Ice Sprites. And then he captures every single group of people to where it's like everybody has had a positive experience with his music at some point in their life, in some sort of setting, in some sort of ex- life experience, whatever. So then when his name comes up everybody thinks of a positive experience Mm. to music that they like from him whereas whereas on the contrary somebody like subtronics i like subtronics but it's either you like him or you don't like you like that style of music or you don't and if you don't subtronics is not for you versus for everybody (laughs) or didn't give you heard of like nope never mind i'm not even gonna learn this name to hate him because he's not on the radio everywhere. He's not like taking over the airwaves. Like he's like mm-hmm. doing really good, but in a genre and a style that isn't in your face all the time. Like back to the Chainsmokers so, or somebody right there next was, to both of them, Marshmallow. I was just gonna say, so like why? Why then? If it is still probably true, and let's just assume for this point that it is that it is true that. Everyone in that room has also had a positive experience listening to Chainsmokers and Marshmallow. They they have all had positive experiences listening to both of those people's music. But you say the same thing like I love either of those and no one backs you up. Why? I feel like the opinion on Marshmallow has changed a lot. Marshmallow is actually smokers. starting to do what Skrillex has done. It's like start to do enough things that you can no longer be like, oh, he's doing kitty, like pop electronic trap stuff b- because it's popular. Like he's he's done enough different types of things to like kind of bring it full circle a little bit for sure. But like yeah. Chainsmokers, like the genesis of this discussion. So I don't think anyone in that room would would at this present day stake their reputation on saying, yes, I completely a hundred percent agree with you. Send me. Except look. I mean, look, <laughs> I like the chain smokers. The thing is people will want to give you a hard time for one song, but it's like, it's like we're all multifaceted, right? It's like, there's probably, I don't know. I don't want to get this deep with it, but there's like shameful things probably you've done in life, but it doesn't like negate who you are as a person. Same thing with like artists. Why is it once they put out a body of work that doesn't appeal to your taste? It's just like they're pieces of shit where it's like, you know, if if the artist has the thing is, okay, man, this is a whole fucking other rabbit hole to go down. Cause The thing is, I feel like they're switching up your sound. For example, let's do more pop arrangements because that will sell. But then there's like having music for different contexts. So um, you might have like a breakup album that's like more soft kind of lovey songs. And you might have one that's more in your face, rage, party songs. And it can still both be you because we as humans have both of that and you can put your personality into that. Um, uh, and, and I mean that whether it's like bass music too, you can have more feelsy stuff like getter did planet neutral before, uh, before, uh, the fucking album that was hated that I can't visceral. remember right now. Visceral. Thank you. And, and that album wasn't poorly received and, and people loved it because nobody is jamming hardcore dubstep fucking all the time sometimes you're just smoking some weed and vibing and you want some like nice melodic tunes and um when artists do it like that and put their voice into a different context the festival artist for example can put their voice into beginning set tracks 
pre-gaming going to the club tracks, fucking middle of the set tracks, songs that are meant to be double dropped, songs that are meant for the ending of the night, songs that are meant for the after party, songs that are meant for the morning after. When you stop just thinking about like just DJ set, middle of the DJ set songs, and you can connect to uh, more moments in somebody's life, then it's like, the pop arrangement will make sense for a driving in the car song when maybe they don't need to think too hard and they're just going to work and they want a vibe. You don't have to blast them with basses and crazy checkerboarding, whereas you can have the song that does that and go into that, but have each song be each song, you know? So to bring that all around, what I'm saying is the artists that get hated on going for the, in the pop direction, it feels not genuine because they're going with the intention of let's do this accessible thing first versus if you think of it from what is the point of this song? Where is this going to be played? What is this supposed to satisfy? You might find the more accessible arrangement works and you can still put you into it. You know, as, 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 as you were talking, I kind of, I realized that I, and this Mm, I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but I think the ultimate conclusion here for me is that like, why, why did Skrillex do a thing and then do this other stuff and people never really hated him for it, but they do hate these other artists. I, it's because he, at one point they did something so original and groundbreaking. They earned basically lifetime respect mm -hmm. like it's fucking skrillex he made scary monsters and nice sprites which at the time was so fucking different and revolutionary whether you like him or not it's a, it's a fact like you're you basically get a lifetime pass and it's the same thing like when I, was, I was i was like i was like does this pass like the the check for every everyone else in my musical repertoire that I think of like this. And it does. For instance, Linkin Park. Like, Hybrid Theory and Meteora, I still listen to those all the time. Everything past that, Minutes to Midnight Forward, is is not it, it was not that good, in my opinion. There, there was like two songs on Minutes to Midnight that were good. I don't listen to either of them. But because those first two albums were so fucking good, I like don't even care what what else they made mm -hmm. at that point. Like mm -hmm. even if I think it's derivative garbage, like you have my respect. <laughs> you have my respect forever. Same thing with literally just listen to this today. My Chemical Romance. Spotify recommended me some playlists that had like a bunch of the Black Parade off of it, which is the one that came after Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge. Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge is literally like one of my top five albums of all time, and I hate the black parade i can't stand it but and most would say like the black parade yeah it's a lot more pop leaning it's like you know trying to be a little bit more accessible while still doing what they did but i i, I literally don't care because that first out like the first album that people know about they had one before that but it was so fucking good like it doesn't matter and I think mm -hmm. that if you think about the Chainsmokers and Marshmallow and Nickelback, like they never really made an album that you're like, this is groundbreaking and completely fucking undeniable. So you never really had my respect. And then mm. what respect I did have for you is just gone because you're, you're, you're making derivative garbage now. Mm. I have a theory here. And maybe I'm just pulling this out of my ass for mm. whoever is going to leave a comment, but for still what? leave a comment. Uh, <laughs> is Thank you for your first, comments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, the thing is, for somebody like a Marshmallow, and I know this is a bold-ass claim, but those like kind of legacy artists, for example, Linkin Park, they inspired so many people afterwards that try to do what they did, that that sound lived on through all of the copies and people that explored that as well. And everybody looked up to them. So they were like top of the pyramid. Whereas I don't see many people trying to be a marshmallow, it's for true. example, yeah. and copy that sound. Uh, he's like very kind of in his lane and 
in a sense doing stuff that's been done before um i think there's a a lot of genius to marshmallow but i don't feel like he's the most innovative artist musically um and so i think it's easier to kind of notice happy sense on them right like yeah and and that's that's crazy innovative but it works so well and i think that whole like trap wave genre kind of rolls out of that a little bit but i'm I'm interrupting your whole point (laughs) yeah i mean it's like um you know marshmallow's sound is so uniquely him and it's also limited dimensionally if if I were to make a marshmallow inspired track, it would be very evident where it's like with Linkin Park, with all the early emo bands and stuff. It's like the the core ideas were presented kind of by one person and then expanded on by many people. And everybody had that same nostalgia from the first band. Um, that That's just kind of how I see it, maybe. I was just yeah. thinking about that as, as you were as you were talking, and I was like, "Man, like, like, uh, My Chemical Romance and Lincoln Park and uh, certain bands I think back on, like Escape the Fate and stuff, all had these projects that are kind of unforgivable in the sense where it's like you might have fallen off, but you still get respect for this project because so many people went off and did this, 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 this because of you." Mm-hmm. and that influence was evident listening to all these other bands it made me think of you as well so their success kind of like rubs off on the original person yeah that makes sense but we, I, I dig that a lot and i agree with that and i want to like roll to you're saying about like how marshmallows just kind of got that one sound that's not the innovative but like on the other hand did y'all listen to that shockwave album Yes, and, so and that's why it's a bold claim. And they're all fucking filthy. But it's all very, like, marshmallow. And that's why his brand is genius. And the whole packaging of marshmallow and just the completeness of everything. But it's like, if you try to do that, I'm not saying you can't pull influence from marshmallow. I'm just saying it's very easy to sound like him. Mm-hmm. Versus Linkin Park you can take a lot of that sound and become a Rip Kenny. But where do you take Marshmallow? I'm not saying it can't be done. I'm yeah. just saying there's way less accepted. people. I, th- I think, yeah, <laughs> I think the difference is that like, even if, and I haven't listened to it, so I can't say. So if the Shockwave album is incredible in its own right, but not innovative and doesn't really take a chance, it's like, it's, it's like you're, you're going to like it and, or potentially love it, but it doesn't gain you the same respect that like completely inventing and innovating on like on a new genre or within a genre. Like I like Camo and Crooked's album uh, Mosaic. Yeah. Um, like basically revolutionized drum and bass, a, a, a genre that has been done so many times so many different ways in tropes that you could put in a box and then they made that and it was like what the i didn't know this could actually be that different and then that album like you said has influenced all of drum and bass production top down at this point Mm -hmm. um but like yeah, I just think that it's the it's the innovation that earns you the respect that earns you the lifetime pass. And I think yeah. I don't so, know if you guys yeah. I got I got two artists that I wanna bring up to see what y'all feel about. Because they're artists I'm a fan of unabashedly. Okay. And uh, a lot of people have hated, still hate, etc. Oh, we should all end off after yeah. with an embarrassing favorite. Hey, I'm in. Um, which Ooh. one of these do I want to do first? First, I want to do T-Pain. Oh, yeah. Okay. Hmm. People lost their goddamn minds when T-Pain came out. Some of them because they were like, oh, shit, this robot voice is the coolest thing ever. I hope it stays around for good. And other people were like, yo, this What's motherfucker just ruined music forever. And we're mad. 
They weren't mad when people were doing talk box in the 80s. They weren't mad when Cher used auto-tune on that one show. Some people were pretty mad at that. But T-Pain came out a few years later and starts talking about buying people a drink and, you know, like people people got so mad at this dude. And T-Pain, man, dude, like, listen back, those are still some of the best hip-hop dance pop hits like ever still so catchy i remember speaking of this i remember being at a park and overhearing a, a conversation between two kids these two younger girls who must have been like 10 years old and one of them says to the other's like you know that artist t-pain that everybody says is terrible because it's too poppy and the other one's like yeah she's like i like it and the other's like too i like it and it's like the essence of this like people hate on something so loudly that then other people are afraid to say that they like it when they do and and you know that it's like an easy target to just hate on somebody and be like yeah fuck that guy and you'll get a bunch of people like, yeah fuck justin bieber i hate justin bieber and like you're like angry at a child who can sing I mean, Why? his new shit's dope. And, I mean, I'm talking about when the dude was actually, like, 15 years old. And people were like, fuck that kid. I hate him so much. And it's like, what has he literally ever done but sing a song about... <laughs> How like, dare he? Like, loving a, a young girl. Like, what, like why, why are you mad at this child right now? But how do y'all feel about T-Pain? And then I got one more. That Man, you be- already know I love T-Pain. Yeah. He's just like, such a chill dude. I love his streams and everything. Yeah, he's and, so funny. Uh, super revolutionary. <laughs> yeah. Like modern music would not sound how yeah. it is without him. And he dude, can I, really rap and really sing. Yeah. Can, yeah, that's the funniest part about that whole thing is like people were like, a oh, robot voice, you can't sing. Like that motherfucker can really sing. Like, yeah. like auto-tune or not, like he chose to stylistically use that and people assume that anyone could just sing like that. Like actually the way that he gets auto tuned to sound intentionally takes a lot of skill. That being said, I loved that guy in high school. I I haven't listened to his music in a long time, but you are like, I just came across some video of his on social media where he was listening to someone else's song. Hilarious. Like Mm -hmm. seems like a good dude. I, I like him. Yeah, I want T-Pain to keep winning. Yeah, ditto. <laughs> yeah, on, on his social media recently, he was like driving his Bentley, gassing it up at the gas station, and somebody was like, you're little Wayne, aren't you? <laughs> no. And he's like, man, and that just kind of made me mad because the dude assumed I was little Wayne. He's like, oh, I assume I have to be some sort of rapper or entertainer in order to have a Bentley as a black man. That being said, please listen to my new album. Make me famous again so people know who I am. <laughs> That's so funny. Man. And then I got my last person I absolutely need to bring up that I can't believe hasn't come up yet. Hmm. Macklemore. Okay, okay. Macklemore. So hmm. many people so mad at Macklemore. Just one of those dudes that people love to hate. I've always been a fan of that dude. I got a different perspective because I knew who he was a decade before he blew yeah. up. I grew up in Seattle, so I I I love the guy. I, yeah. Like I understand, I understand that it's the same discussion why people hate him now. But like, I like I like him. Thrift shops. I think it was just jam. the Grammy thing. That was, I that think was the that thing. was a big was, part of it. Yeah. When when Kendrick didn't get the award and it's. This white dude with his goofy suit got it instead. Yeah, that pissed a lot of people off. And well, I really love that high style. It was good Drake kid, and, and somebody else. Good Kid, Mad City should have won. I, like, good I Kid, love... Mad City is still Kendrick's best album. Dude, in my personal opinion. so dude. I still listen to that like yeah, all the right. time. Money Trees is a jam. Poetic Justice is a jam. Swimming Pools is a jam. Dude, there's, there's literally, uh, there's so like, there's eight jams on that album. Good Kid and Mad City are both jams. Fucking, even like that, uh, Sing About Me and stuff like those, like late album cuts. I don't know, I'm forgetting some out here. <laughs> jams. Uh, yeah. what were the nominees for that year again? I know Drake had a project. Yeah, he'll have plenty of chances. And I think people were mostly mad about No, the no, Kendrick no, thing. but who else was it? Cuz yeah, but it was like three three pretty prominent artists and he beat them all. 
oh wow that just really fucking that was a lot of autofill for google to do right there i said 2013 grammy and it was like rap album nominees (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah um boy that did not where's the hip-hop i'm scrolling a lot there we go Um, oh jay-z was it no oh uh no the best rap performance was in paris um but the best rap album oh kanye west Oh, that must have been. It, it was Kendrick, Kanye, and Drake. Yeah, 2014. Ah, uh, that's right, because he came out late 2013. Yeah, you're gonna make a lot of people mad by uh, beating those three artists, especially when, like, I don't know, like, I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but I just don't know that anybody was that moved by that project like they were by any of the three other projects. So that's just like a sure fire away. Like, I feel like Macklemore really dropped off after that. Yeah, I mean, plus the next album was kind of a flop. So that, that didn't that didn't help. I mean, shit. And yeah, how do you follow still up? Everywhere, a- and then he was just like that dude to hate. But again, I still love Macklemore. I still love some hits off that second album. And that Gemini album was the fucking hit. I know it didn't actually hit, but there was like, that song was fucking, that, that whole album was Bob's. Y'all remember that one? I actually don't think I heard it. You definitely heard songs off it. Um, let's see. Uh, there was that Marmalade Jam. Oh, okay. Yeah, Wait. that one with Lil Yachty. Did you just say that Marmalade Jam? Like yeah, I did actually say that out loud. Wow, that's um, great. I think I think Corner Tesco Store was super dope. I think Tesco's idea was was fantastic we should rap by all saying an artist that we like that is not that cool. i mean all I, right. I just went on macklemore so y'all y'all all right call me maybe that song is a fucking bop carly ray jespin yeah. yes i fucking love that hit bro jepson i think but uh mm. i think she's canadian too shout out my girl uh, that's that's i like uh, that. yeah that's song, like that song jepson, you're right. um I actually, I I just realized I don't actually know if this is the opinion, but I was just having this conversation with Shelby the other day. She hates Katy Perry and thinks she is derivative. And I, I that "Kiss a Girl" song, like it's just I catchy. Kiss girl, it's just catchy. Like That's the genius That's of Max catchy. Martin. Yeah, shouts out to Max Martin for fucking making amazing hits with oh, all the bands everybody likes to hate. Fucking. People love to hate on Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera and all these. Bro, artists. straight up, if you like, if Katy you're listening, Perry, Kesha, ba- Backstreet Boys, garbage, right? Go listen to I don't even know what it's called, but the one that's like Backstreet Boys, back. back. Oh, dude, that beat is so hard. Like you can hate them for eternity, and I. Like I'm right there with you, but that beat is so fucking hard. Everybody, oh, yeah. it really rocks my body. Yeah, well, <laughs> that sounds like a rock and bow on Woo. this rocking body. Yeehaw! Cool, well, folks. Thank well, you for right. thanks for marmalade jamming to us ramble. A to the men, and I'm gonna have to say it, guys. I'm gonna have to say peace. I bet you will. And then I'm going to say, peace among words. <laughs> Yee. Bye-bye. I like it. All right, humans. Thanks for being with us. That uh, song of the week again is Sam Shoemaker's Grimy Gospel. Please go run that up. It's, uh, it's a song that's near and dear to my heart. I produced it with uh, guitars from my homie Igami, and it's the title track to Sam Shoemaker and my joint EP, Grimy Gospel. So, yeah, go go run that whole thing up. Tell me what you think. I'd love to, I'd love to hear your thoughts. And uh, check out the Song of the Week Spotify playlist. Links to that down there, too. And support our sponsors like Dojo TV. That's free producer live stream classes from 
from the Dojo Senseis. Hit up your boys when they're uh, doing, we're doing our live podcast, or you can get free classes, track feedback, all sorts of good stuff over there. Or Tesco's Patreon, where you can get some track feedback, access to his private Discord, and private lessons from the boy Tesco. Tell you what, that's worth it. And the weekly download, where you can learn from Armin's or Ill Gates and his private weekly group lessons to get access to over 250 more episodes in the archive for just 20 bucks a month. I should probably go look at the count in there. It's probably closing in on 300 these days. But uh, guest practices as well, where you can go to the Approach Institute. It's, you can get your first class for free and learn how to engineer your tracks better. And uh, yeah. Go to thehumanmusicpodcast.com to find out where we're streamed and find our socials and our free sound pack and stuff. But tell it in peace and peace among worlds.